and welcome to Phoenix Vision. I'm Jess Farmer and I've got a very, very special guest for you guys on today. It is Anthony Wade, aka Dr. Voice. So Dr. Voice is an absolutely incredibly gifted vocal coach and an amazingly beautiful soul. His work is based around helping people transform their lives through the power of using the voice which we get into quite a lot during the podcast as well as many other interesting topics so fantastic one if you're interested in finding out more about the voice and about singing so hope you enjoy dr voice Hello and welcome to Phoenix Vision. I'm Jess Farmer and I'm really happy to introduce my guest today, the enigmatic Anthony Wade, aka Dr. Voice. So Doc is an all-round wonderful human being and highly gifted vocal coach and composer. He has coached many up-and-coming singers, has written many soundtracks for films, has appeared on many TV programs and was instrumental in the success of Sam Smith through their work on his voice. Uh, when I say gifted, I really mean it. Doc has the ability to really get to the root cause of what may be causing a person's challenges with the voice and empower them to reveal the beauty of the voice within. So I met Doc a number of years ago. I heard him from about him from some speakers at an event and then went and sought him out. I went for an immersion day, which triggered a deep journey of growth and self-discovery for me, which I will be forever grateful to Doc for. Uh, since then, we've done a lot of work with my voice and public speaking, as well as me having the privilege of working with Doc to strengthen his back and bolster his health. So, yeah, welcome on board, Doc. Hello, I'm a cripple. Jess has done a wonderful job on my body and kept me... Uh, uh, put together thank you for inviting me on this podcast i'm very grateful and and i'm hello everyone i hope whoever's listening um hopefully will stay the course with this today because there's a lot to share about the voice and and a lot to share about humanity as a whole and how we are as people because as you know jess for me, is a, a, an incredible wealth of knowledge of health and well-being, and it's assisted me so much along this path. And I'm just grateful that I can actually mirror to you, his audience, um, the power of what the voice is about, and and why most of us do not even know it, listen to it, or even acknowledge it. And today, hopefully, you'll have a different view of just how powerful the voice is when we hopefully end this session whenever it ends. And, of course, it'll probably it would be an hour or so. And, 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 and obviously, I want you to take away something as well, something you can do. So I think we will be doing something practical, uh, Jess, if that's all right, to get people doing something practical uh, as well so they get to understand what we're talking about absolutely absolutely <laughs> joy to my heart buddy because i have been i've been wait i've been looking forward to doing this for a really really long time so uh yeah let's let's get into things so um first off I, i'd love to hear a little bit about your story so 
what led you into becoming Dr. Voice and working with people to help solve their vocal challenges? I think it's because I couldn't and didn't have a voice. I think it, it started when I was in England where I was brought up in a family who was very musical. My family were all musical. My brother, he was in Jesus Christ Superstar and hair and, and everything. And I was uh, um, only a teenager trying to get, you know, and it was like being taken to watch Tom Jones <coughs> record It's Not Unusual by my uncle who played the drums, watching the beat opening the curtains for the Beatles, singing She Loves You at my dad's big ballroom. And I saw all this amazing uh, events going on in my life, big band jazz, and, uh, and all the people that I met over the years in music, I felt, oh, <coughs> I must be able to do music because I've been brought up in music. Not true. And I think a lot of people out there have a theory or a concept. Oh, you're born with musicality. You're born with a voice or you're not. If you're one of those, then you've gone down a rabbit hole of illusion. You are not really being honest or truthful to who you really are because of one reason, because you haven't bothered to find out the real truth of what your voice is. And I hope today will enlighten you on what we're talking about. And it happened with me because I was on a boat on the way to Australia and I was sitting on the boat and I fell in love with this princess or duchess recorder on the boat. And uh, I was asked, would I like to get up and sing? And I thought my opportunity to show off because I felt I was musical. So 2,000 people in the audience on the ship, girlfriend in the front row with her dad who owned the ship, and, and, I'm, and I've got to make a big impression. So I went up to the guy and I said, yeah, I'll sing a song, no worries. It was like a karaoke thing. The band was waiting for me. And the song was called I Dream a Dream. I knew the song in my head. So I said, yeah, I could sing that. So I took the microphone and I went ahead to sing. The music started, Bloom. and this is what came out of me. Now I dream a dream. Now what the hell is that noise? Even I was looking round. I was looking round to find out where the noise was coming from. It was coming from me. For what I thought I could sing. And their faces, 2,000 people. My girlfriend putting her head down with her hands on her head. The father jogging her with his forearm to say, look, what an idiot you're with. And this totally devastated. I went back to my cabin, never to be seen for the rest of the journey. Another six days. I didn't want to come out of my cabin. I was so ashamed of myself. And then it hit me. Why couldn't I not sing? What was it that didn't enable me to phonate, make sound? Let's I see great singers do. This woke me up. I started to realize, why can't I do this? And this journey of why can't I do this and why can't other people do it and why can some people do it and why can't some people do it became a quest for me in my soul. And through the journey, I ended up uh, in Perth, Western Australia at the time, and then I get a call. I'd only been there a year, and I get a call from my brother in England saying, the Bee Gees are in Perth. Check Morris out. He knows you're there. Ring them up. They're at the White Sands Hotel. Okay, so I rang the White Sands Hotel up and 
uh, can I speak to Morris Gibb, please? And straight through, Morris Gibb comes straight on the line. It's like in those days, there's no security, you know. It was like, okay, um, could I, uh, um, it's Anthony. He says, Anthony, where are you? I'll send the limousine around. I thought, really? He said, yes, where are I? Give us your address. So the next minute, a limousine comes, picks me up and takes me to this hotel to be with the Bee Gees. So I'm sitting there having dinner with the Bee Gees. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, because my job at that time, and I don't tell them, was bending metal in a factory. That was what I was doing. And I pretended, I lied, I pretended I was a DJ a big, well-known DJ in Perth. And they said, so Morris was going, oh, Anthony's a DJ, by the way. And they'll go, oh, right, you know, and they all accepted that. Not, not Anthony Ben's metal in a factory, by the way. It just wouldn't have fit right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, lying through my teeth about being D, a DJ and making up stories about how I do things. And then the next minute, I'm sitting in a room with Morris, who tells me his life story for 12 hours and I'm sitting there and I cannot believe, I can't move because it's fascinating. And he split up with Lulu and he'd done this and they owned Jesus Christ at the time. They bought this and got this record label and got that. And all the stuff about Robert Stickwood and who their manager was. And I was sitting there taking on board all this rubbish, really, confusion from him. And, and he cried. He got up and hugged me at the end of a 12-hour stint and said, you've listened to everything I've said. I, I've been needing to share this so much with so many people uh, and, and not known how to. And you've, you know, you've listened to me. And, of course, this, this gave me a feeling, oh, my God, have I, have I got the ability to be a therapist here? What's going on? Anyway, cut a long story short. Uh, he said, I want to give you a gift. You've done something wonderful for me. I just want to do something wonderful for you. Okay, what do you want? He said, you're coming on stage with us. Said, what? He said, tonight you're coming on stage in front of 33,000 people. Because he, he thought I could sing like my brother could. He was in Jesus Christ Superstar. And, and of course, I'm standing there with terror in my eyes going, because uh, uh, well, uh, 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 I knew I was going to go, staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> so I said, no, 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 I can't see. He said, no, 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 it doesn't matter. You, you come out. So anyway, I ended up on stage, and luckily I spoke to the sound engineer well before and said, listen, turn my mic off. Whatever you do, don't have me coming through that mic. <laughs> so when they were singing, don't have stand up, I'm going, making myself in the background, <laughs> uh, pretending, miming. And, um, and what blew me away was this. I come off stage and I, there was a trail of thousands of people going towards the limousine backstage and I was signing autographs all the way down that line as they thought I was one of the Bee Gees because I had long hair and a beard. And, and so I, I was in shock. I've never done this before. I get in a limousine, go back to the hotel. And while I'm back at the hotel, Mungo Jerry is there, who had a song in the charts at that time, in the summertime when the weather is high. And he came up to me and he said to me, excuse me, he said, you're in the Bee Gees, aren't you? I said, no, 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 no. Yeah, I heard you. I saw you singing on stage. You're amazing. You're in the bit. I said, no, 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 no. He said, which one are you? I said, I'm not one of them. <laughs> and, he, and he said, well, I saw you singing. I said, no, I can't sing. He said, yes, you can. I said, I can't. 
He said, well, look, I was a carpenter before I made it six months ago. And now I've got another one record. I've sold millions of records and I'll drive a DB7 now. It's DB5, whatever it was. And he says, I'm very happy. And I said, uh, and I said, Martin, yeah. So I said to him, um, no, I can't do it, you know. So I went off. Bee Gees left Perth. Mungo Jero disappeared. And I decided to buy a guitar. I thought, I've got to go for this. And the next day I'm bending metal in the factory and the guy comes up and he's, see the Bee Gees on telly last night, mate? And I said to this guy in the factory, no, I, I, I didn't. And he went, look, I've got a photograph of them getting in the limousine. And he showed me this photograph. He said, look, that's Barry Gibb. And the photo of Barry Gibb wasn't Barry Gibb. It was the back of my head. It was the back of my head getting into the limousine, not Barry Gibbs. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't tell him that. I could. That ate me up for a long while. I started to feel, hang on, to be in a position like that where all that fame and everything was going on and I was misconstrued as one of the Bee Gees, I started to feel maybe I should sing. So I went on the journey of learning to sing. Every singing teacher I went to said, don't do it, buddy. You can't sing to save your life. You sound like Chewbacca out of Star Wars, which I did. I did. I couldn't hear the notes. They said, you're not a natural singer. You can never do it. It's not going to happen for you. So I thought, oh, my God. And I wanted to do it. So what I did, I sat with the guitar for years playing Cat Stevens songs, you know, he was a big hit at that time, and trying to do this a lot, guitar singing, and I'd sing at restaurants sometimes, Dang, trying to do it in Australia, and people would come up, yeah, mate, can you sing tenor? I said, yeah, 10 or 12 miles away, you're shocking. You know, and, <laughs> and this used to devastate me. So I thought, I've got to. I've got to do something. Every singing teacher didn't bother with me. So what I did, I decided to find my own awareness to my own voice and try to find a way through in my own way. And I looked at all the singing teachers in the world. Every one of them were great singers. They were prodigies. They could sing when they were three or four or five. They had the most amazing voices, naturally brought up. Seth Riggs, Brett Bristow, all of them, you know, Ken Champion, all these great singing teachers that have been around for years. They were great singers right from the word dot. They come out the womb singing beautifully. I was Chewbacca. So I knew I couldn't join these guys in the ocean of the voice where they're bobbing up and down on top of the ocean, teaching all the stars from Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson to everybody, teaching everybody about voice production. And I knew I couldn't join them. So what I did, I dove to the bottom of the ocean and I found some pearls and I built a ladder. And each rung of that ladder was a technique that I cohesed and worked in my own body and said it's doing that and I, I researched it looked at it felt it and then the next technique the dunning technique and then the central sound beam and then another technique and another technique and it wasn't until I got so high on the rungs of ladders I started to see on this rung of a ladder here I noticed later on in life that Adele was singing on stage and she was going to lose her voice any day. 
And I actually gave her nine months. So I sent a text or an email, I forget what it was, went to the management saying, she is going to lose her voice in nine months. I just thought I'd let you know, my doctor voice, I can tell you what it is. I know what she's doing wrong. And they come back and said, mind your own business. We've got a singing teacher. Thank you very much. I said, okay. Nine months to that day, she lost her voice. I then realized what I was carrying was this knowledge or uh, jewels of understanding that other people weren't looking at, uh, especially singing teachers, believe it or not, and then speech therapists and laryngologists. They're not waking up to what the problems are in a person's voice. So I then decided to keep practicing the techniques I knew. And there I was several years later at the Albert Hall, standing up in 7,000 people, at the Pulitzer Dallas Sport in front of 15,000 people, standing up and singing and saying, where's those ten singing te- five singing teachers now with my fingers up in the air? Realising I developed a singing ability which is cohesive and powerful enough to entertain people and uplift people. And it got me into writing. And since then, I've been writing music for film, television, and teaching singing ever since. So it's been 40 years journey for me working with the voice. So I coined the phrase or the name Dr. Voice because I realised what I was doing was diagnosing people and seeing our way through to them that perhaps a normal senior teacher doesn't see because they have their vision of what they've learned, which is a general perception of the voice, warm-ups, getting this going, doing this technique, that technique. It's a lot deeper than that. Your voice is a lot more deeper than just the voice. So then I realised, it was then I realised, the voice is the soundtrack to your life. It's the echo of who you are. And this realisation came to me when I spent 10 years in an ashram, meditating eight hours a day of my life, where I got to know who I am inside, got to know this space in me, which had such a rock-solid feel of who I am, that... I could actually teach voice from that point. And then it's that realisation that took me to this extraordinary revelation about the voice that brought all these techniques to fruition. And this revelation was this. And this is what I love about the voice and about you listeners who are bothering to be so patient with me, listening to me waffle on here. But I'm so grateful you are because... What I'm going to share with you is very important. It's very important. Let's just give you the scale of how important it is. If the planet ends tomorrow and there's not another being left, there's a war or something, whatever, and there's a satellite up in the sky owned by Richard Branson, and, and that satellite... People would go to aliens, the only beings left now in the universe are these aliens from another hemisphere or whatever, and they come up to this satellite, they open the door up. What are they going to experience when they open that door up? 
They're not going to just see a visual of Hitler's mouth going up and down and Sir Winston Churchill's mouth going up and down and Michael Jackson's mouth going up and down and Elvis Presley and the Beatles moving up and down and the mouths moving. They'll be hearing the voice of humanity. They'll be listening to voices. All of them, Obama, anybody that had anything to do with the history of mankind would be on that spaceship. There's one out there now. They've done all this already. It's all rigged up in case something happens, that there's something left for the human being, for other beings to find out what did we sound like? Now, hang on. Why would you say, Dr. Voice, that other species on this universe floating through the air in space and they're, they're probably a, a higher race, got incredible brains, would be looking to see what we sound like? Why would they be doing that? Because inside your body and inside every cell inside your body, there's a vibration. And this vibration is called the primordial vibration, the first vibration of life. And it actually, because it vibrates, it makes a sound. And it's the center of who you are. If I was to do it, Anybody that does healing with sound will tell you C is the healing frequency of the human being. That sound is going on inside every human being's body. When we go up in space, a spaceman would put his hair out, head out the window. Richard Branson, if he went up and stuck his ear out the window, and hear the earth going as it spins. Because sound is a part of the universe. So if an alien turned up on a spaceship, they would want to know what we sounded like. Because it's a part of the universe law of our existence. How do we know that? Well, simple. A baby, what do we know? We know this. We know we take a breath in when we're born. And we know as soon as we let the breath out, we go, wah, wah. Why? Why? Why breath and then voice? And the voice cannot vibrate without breath going over the vocal cords that flap like a, like a sail in a sailing ship. They flap together. And the voice goes, Whoa, and the, the voice makes a sound through the air going over the vocal cords. And you start to cry. So you're coming from breath into voice, direct connection. So the breath and the voice are married. And they're together. And that 
is the sensibility of who we are. That's the central fulcrum of what makes us human beings. Oh, let's put another tag on that. Human comes in the Greek word, love-like beings. God-like beings. And our voice is a part of that whole tapestry of our existence. And none of us are aware of how to use it. Not many. Those that do use their voice, those that do focus on their tones and work the muscles to make the voice more powerful or usable in a sense of speaking or in a sense of singing, guess what they do? They can change societies. They can change the planet's concepts because they're with their voice. Let me give an example. Let's just say uh, uh, um, a, um, uh, what they called a caveman comes in and a caveman is looking on the wall and on the wall of his cave, there's this big painting of loads of people in an audience. It could be Wembley. And on stage is a stage. And on the stage is a person with a light behind them, with a microphone in their hand, holding a stick, he thinks. He doesn't know what it is. He's a caveman. He thinks this stick is something to do with the control of all these thousands of people. And what he looks at, he looks at that person with the stick in front of their mouth and those people in the audience, and what does he come to the conclusion of? Oh, that must be a god. He thinks Beyonce, the painting of Beyonce on that stage is a god. Why? Because she makes sound and she affects millions of people. It could be Obama giving a seminar. It could be Oprah Winfrey giving a seminar or Anthony Robbins giving a seminar. Either way, it's affecting millions of people. And guess what? These people that stand on those stages they are rewarded phenomenally, phenomenally than most, any most other occupations. Why? Because they're making sound. And why is that powerful? And this is what I come to the conclusion. But this vibration called life is the omnipresent brain of this existence. It creates a baby, creates, just pick up a rock in Hawaii and see the scene run out with one eye looking at you. What the imagination of this amazing vibration called nature does. Look at the sea, the sun, how it makes it go in and out. It's put, wait a minute, just stop. Please listen to me here. This is beautiful. I'm beginning to understand how beautiful this is myself, sharing it with all of you. That do you know what? That this power, this energy called life, puts a show on every day for you. Puts a light in the sky, the sun. Puts a stage, which is the ground we're in front of us and puts people around you to act with. It's putting a show on every day for you. Every one of us, he's putting this show on for us. Now I've got a question for you. If you went to the theatre, and you sat in at the theatre, and the owners of the theatre and the people that put the, the show on, let's say Lion King, and they're all there and they're doing all this show, right? And it's amazing and it's... And nobody claps. Nobody 
enjoys it. In fact, they get up and walk out. Do you think the production team and Lion King will want to go on again? What does that tell you? This infinite thing called life is putting a show on for us every day. And if we don't appreciate it, if we don't sit there and clap and enjoy it, then I shut the show down. It's got no purpose to put the show on, is it? Because no one's enjoying it. Do we want to be that person in that audience that has no appreciation in the heart of the work and the hard work these people put into that show who are singing and dancing in front of us, or in this case of the infinite, that work, hard work that this energy is created in nature, creating babies, dogs, cats, fruit, vegetables. Look at all the stuff we've got. Where does it come from? This is the infinite. And we are being serve that every day. No bill, no invoicing, given. And what do we give back? What do we give back to this extraordinary power? It doesn't want anything. I understand this from my own experience of meditating for 10 years, eight hours a day in my life, that this power is inside me and inside everybody. And it doesn't want anything from us. All it wants is for us to enjoy and appreciate its show. And, and that you're a part of it. And, and would you say the, the, the voice and use of the voice is one of the best ways to interact with with this play that we're all in there's no show without singing mm. you don't go and watch lion king and no one sing do you yeah right so there's no show without noise from each other mm-hmm. you can send an email you can send a text but it's always misconstrued you never know what it's saying you never get a clarity but with the voice, you get a clarity. People say body language. It's all about body language. Well, I tested that one day. I was at a big event. There's 250 people in the audience. And I said, and I went round with my body language, doing this, lifting my hands up like this, throwing my hands up in the air, as if to encourage them to stand up, you know. And I was doing it across each row like this with my eyes, beckoning, stand up. This is body language. Come on, stand up. I didn't say it. I was just doing this many hours, back in the step. No one moved. And then I just turned and I put the microphone and I went, would you please stand up? And everybody stood up. <laughs> I said, there's the proof that the voice gives the best instructions. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, that, that leads quite nicely into my next question, actually, is relating to expression. So, but by the way, your story is so inspiring. Like, uh, I like when, when my favorite part of it is, is like how you just carried on going because so, so many, you know, have, after having so many uh, well, failures and uh, that's a lot for someone to have just packed it all in, but you, but you just carried on going through this deep need, this, this quest to, as you say, like dive to the depths and get the pearls. And it, it's just, I, I love it so much. So, 
Um, actually, but before we go on to my next question, what, what, what would you say to people who have maybe tried something, it's not gone well, uh, they've maybe tried again, it's, it's still not gone well. What, what would your advice be to someone to, to keep going if, if they believe in, in what they're doing? If the belief in what they're doing is solid enough and um, they have innate desire or de I don't like the word desire, I prefer the word design. They have a design that they're going to make it happen. Then, and, and they are positive about that design. Um, I am a firm believer that it moves mountains. It actually does actually move away. Miracles can happen. Things get out of the way for that design to take its shape. Because uh, a human being, a love-like, God-like being, is meaning business and doesn't come off it for one minute stays on the case, keeps doing it, eventually will reach a pinnacle in that design and see it through to its fruition. It will happen. It has to. It has to because it's part of the creative energy in the universe and it's in us to do. So if one is really focused and says, it doesn't matter, I'm going to make this happen. Okay, let's, let's get realistic. Okay, we can't say that if you're on an island that you want to build a skyscraper because you haven't got the, you're on an island, you've just got grass and green and there's not even any trees on it. Well, you're not going to build a skyscraper, are you? But you, but you wouldn't even go with the thought that you want to build a skyscraper, but what you would do is you start to build other things which are similar to a skyscraper in your imagination and create something just as beautiful and as, as enticing for you in that space that you're in. Actually, so we're talking about doing what you've got and where you are to the best of your ability and get on with it and find out what comes out of that. Even though it might be a skyscraper in your brain, but what are you dealing with and you're working on in that moment, get on with it and see what comes of it. And you'll be delightfully surprised that what you create will have an effect on everybody on that island or everything in that island or the creatures in that island or you in some way, shape or form will get replenished, will be touched, will be moved, will be sustained in some way. Because the universe is that powerful. It doesn't stop expanding and growing. And it wants new experiences. It wants new ideas from us. It wants new growth from within us. Now, you know, it's got to a point where incredible what technology's done. We've gone down the road of technology. The problem with that is it's eating. We've made something that's eating us. We've created something that can devour us. We've not created something that we can look at and totally admire. It can also be very dangerous to us. I'm talking about something that is not dangerous, that is pure in tune with humanity and life and yourself, and it's an expansive feel about it, a lovingness about it. Mm -hmm. um, and most definitely, you know, there is use for so many amazing things that man makes these days. However, what's the point if in the centre of himself he's never happy? And this is the problem. 
man does things and does things and does things and they're not happy. It doesn't matter how often they do it, they're still not happy. Mm. And so the point is to get to that point in yourself. And that's why I do voice work because I know when I tune someone into their voice, <laughs> it's amazing. When I tune someone into their voice and they feel it, they, they have a tear and they have a feeling and they go, oh, my God, is that me? Yes, that's who you really are. Because most singers that come to me are great singers. They're great singers. Some of them have been at the hits, Academy Award winners, great singers. And they come to me and they say, oh, I'm fed up. Why are you, why are you fed up? You're a great singer. You're on stage. You're making loads of money. You've got hits. What's going on? I don't feel some. They're not feeling because they're not tuning into their voice. They're tuning into the ego and all the trimmings that are around it, which is a business operated system, which is completely taken all their love and devotion. And they forgot themselves. They forget who they really are. Mm. When you feel who you are in your voice, in your sound, it feels good. Let's do it now. Everybody at home, I want you to have a listen to me. I want you to try this out. I want you to listen. Because this is, this is so simple. Look, the universe hasn't got this big conglomerated machine concept thing to try and make things work here with your voice. No, 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 no. Your voice is inside you right now. And you're going to prove it to yourself at home because you're going to do this at home. I know that whoever's around, please don't be, yeah. watch how self-conscious you are if someone's in the room or someone's listening to you and they're watching you. You see, you get self-conscious. This is ego. Self-consciousness. Does a baby, wah, 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 does a baby say, well, better not do that. I'll embarrass myself. Does a baby do that? <laughs> is a baby self-conscious? No way. And no way should be we be. Self-consciousness is the biggest destroyer of our growth and our persona and our personality in our sound. It prevents our sound. It stops us from being a singer, from being an expressor. Because, well, that bill might, might hurt, upset that person by saying that or feel this or share this or, you know, it's like, shut up. Don't go that route. Be with who you really are inside and feel it. And I tell you what, everyone will love it. Because it'll wash over them. It'll make them feel good. Because you're coming from a point of feeling good when you make sound so let's try that we're going to make a sound and the sound we're going to make i call this the best word you can ever use to describe you and this word is called me so what you're going to do you're going to take a breath in fill your ribs up just let your ribs come up and your stomach come out and then blow the air out and let the stomach go in and the ribs go down do that a couple of times. Again, breathe in through your nasal only, through your nasal passages only. Fill up the ribs, fill up the stomach. Ah, now you've got that. And now let the air out again. And as you're doing this, there's a calming experience that will come over you because you're putting oxygen around your body. Jess is more qualified to tell you what's happening there. But here's what's incredible. By doing that, you fill the lungs up, now they're filled up, and then you're going to go, ah, just like that, and let the air out like that. So fill the lungs up. 
Yeah, and it's like you've got into a hot bath and it's like you're chilling out, that feeling. It's like, oh, it's so good to do that, you know. I was reading somewhere the other day, and I know this might be a bit controversial and a bit above board, but when we, when we go to the toilet and we do the number two, apparently, apparently when we do the number two, we've got to really enjoy it. Okay. If, if we don't enjoy it, it isn't happening for real. It's a problem. We've got a toxin in our stomach. We've got something wrong going wrong with us. So, but when we do it and we enjoy it, it's like what a phenomenal feeling to get those toxins out of your body with such ease and beauty. This is, and I've probably not heard anybody talk about that through pooing, but, but it's... So, so true. Life is always better after a number two. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, you're talking about a bus now that comes along you. But anyway, so when you <laughs> when you breathe and you and you make this sound, this is the feeling. I want you to say the word me. Listen to me do it first. Breathe in. Me. And feel the me in your voice. Breath going over the vocal cords. Feel it coming up from your chest, from your stomach. Breathe in and me and put the M together make sure the M is coming forward as well so we do that again breathe in me me yeah now as you're saying that I want you to do it a few times please at home breathe again me very relaxedly do it in a very relaxed way not a heavy way just a very chilled way here we go breathe in me and softer make it softer and warm this time breathe in and say me here we go me now can you feel that when you're saying the word me if you can feel that coming out of your body that sound with the word me. That's introducing you to the you in you. That's a part of your sound in you. That's divine. That's untouched by worry. That's untouched by confusion. That's untouched by thought. It doesn't have any thought. It has a feeling and it's a sound. Me. Feel it again. And it's a fuzzy feel-good. It's a warm, content experience of the vibration of your sound in your body. And if you're not getting that, you're not doing it enough and you're not relaxed enough. And you need to practice it a lot. Why? Because it'll tune you into who you really are in your sound. Now, the me in you does not doubt, does not live in the past, does not get angry, does not have confusion. The me in you is free as a bird when you make the sound. The self, however, and some of you at home might be doing this, is saying, oh, what a lot of cause what that is, and coming up with some judgment. Well, he thinks he's talking about this, that, and the other. All he's doing is just saying the word for me. You know, you could say what you like, but the mind can judge can criticise, can get emotional and get really offended. The me and you never gets offended, never gets emotional. The me and you never judges. It is a sound in you. It's your pure sound. 
It's the root of you that comes when you were a baby, when you took a breath. Wah! Instead of me, it was wah! Now, that's the beginning of time. And that's where we need to be when we speak. When we can be with the beginning of time in our sound, when we speak, where do you think you're coming from? Pure love like a baby. Where are you coming from? A feeling in you, not a thought of anguish or a thought of I'm trying to get this over you or I've got to try and convince this person of this, that and the other. I've spoke to many salesmen, many businessmen, and, and I'd put them in touch with me and they've said they've gone off and sold better than they've ever sold in their life, not because they wanted the meat to sell them from the breath aspect, but from naturally being kind and loving, it comes up in them, and people love them and want to buy off them. And the sound just comes out very naturally, not like I'm trying to make this happen, I'm trying to do this. There's no real effort in this. It is a true feeling inside you. And you attach yourself to that, Yes, when? When you sing. Ah, you see, I go, take breath in. Ah. Let's say we'll do that at home. Let's try that. Let's make some sounds here. Breathe in. Ah. Yeah, and feel it. Don't judge it. That's all oh, that's off. Oh, I can't sing. Oh, I haven't got a voice. All oh, that pitch is off. Don't go down that road. You're not the bloke at the pub with a pint in your hand that wants to naysay everybody to get something sings, do you? You're not that person. Just hear it. Go. Ah. Feel it. Now, when you can feel your voice enough, you start to fall in love with that feeling. That's what makes great singers great singers. They've just worked on their voice a lot and they're feeling love for it. And when they go to sing, it means something. It becomes meaningful. And it touches your heart at home when you hear someone sing. You think, oh, my God, that's so lovely. That meant so much to me when they sing those words. I felt their voice. It was beautiful. Why was it beautiful? Because they've just repeated, ah, they've repeated awakening their inner self a little bit through lots of techniques, through singing a lot through doing practice, building musculature. A lot of singing teachers teach that and can help you get to that point. But the you, the me in you, the real who you are, needs to be at the front door of that experience, not in the back door. Mm. And that's the problem. People learn to sing and they sing. They're not thinking about who they really are when they sing. They're just trying to get a result. They're trying to make it sound good. They're trying to make it be this way and be that way. And then therefore they're not being themselves. They're not being with who they really are in their sound. And this is what I teach. Mm, that's great. As you were talking, the words creativity and, and love kept coming up for me in, in creation of love as, as well as everyone looking externally for say like happiness and looking externally for something rather than actually looking within. And it, it sounds very much what you're describing about the voice and the gem of the voice is coming from an inner place. And you know, what was coming up for me a, a, a lot is like, it's almost as though what you're saying when you're able to use the voice in a certain way, 
imagine it being like the soul talking. Would that be fair to say that you're you're connected to something inside? Could be the soul, could be something else, but surely there's a, there's a reason why when you use the voice in a certain way, you're able to touch the heart of others, or or you know when when someone is delivering an amazing speech, or or singing in in this amazing way, and you know all the goosebumps go up on your arms, and people are touched. So w- would it? My interpretation is is that the the voices, uh, when done in a certain way, is like a medium for the soul and the heart to touch other souls and hearts. Good question, and uh, which I'll shoot down. <laughs> Please do, because uh, you're giving titles: the soul, the heart, the there, whatever you want to give it a title of. It's sound. Simple. It's just sound. Now, let me give you an example of this, of a talk I gave once in front of 250 people. And I got them to say hello to each other. You can do this at home, especially if you're sitting with someone. Do it or do it to yourself. And you say to the person, um, hello, how are you? Are you all right? Just something like that. Just say that. Say it now. Hello, how are you? Are you all right? Okay. Now, I've got all the people in the audience to do this, and they did it to each other. Now I want you to do that again, but I want you to take a deep breath in and feel the sound in your body as you do it and bring the air out and go, hello, how are you? Are you all right? Now what have I done? I'm feeling the sound and the breath in the presence of my tone as I'm making it. Now, I've got this whole audience to do this, and if you've done it at home, you'd feel there's a definite difference from the first time you said it. Now, this audience, 250 people, I said, right, sir, what did you get? And he went, blimey. When I said it the first time, it was like just emptiness. But when I said it then, it felt so sincere. I felt really real. I said, right. What did you feel from him, madam? Well, I felt like he was being really honest when he said it the second time. First time, I just didn't take much notice of it. Oh, so I said, let me try something. There's a woman in the front row. I said, madam, you look really beautiful. And I must say, you look lovely. You look amazing. You look absolutely amazing. And then that's all I did to her. And I continued. And then I turned her back to her again. And I did this. Took a breath in, went into my lungs. I prepared myself for it, ready to talk to her. I said, madam, you look really beautiful tonight. You really do. You look amazing, absolutely amazing. And I smiled and I looked away. And then I continued to talk and I looked and she was crying. She had a hanky out. So I said, do you mind if I say something to the audience? I beckoned to her and she said, no, it's okay. So I said, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lady in the front row here. I just said to her something. Can I ask you, why are you crying? Which is, you just said to me a minute ago, Madam, you look really beautiful, aren't you? Really, really love you, really look wonderful, you look beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And it's like, yeah, in your dreams, what a load of rubbish that is. And that's what I felt, to be honest with you. She said, but when you said it the second time, and she was sitting there really emotional, it was like the first time anybody's ever said that to me in my life. It touched my heart. Hello? Why? Now, 
did I stand there and do what you were saying, Jess? I'm coming from my soul. I'm going to come from my heart. I'm going to come from... No. I just went with my breath and felt the sound as it came out. And I, I didn't even think it was going to do anything. I did, it, was just like, it was just like doing it. I just did it. And it did that to her. Because why? Because the infinite power of who we are inside us is riding on the wave of your voice. What? On your voice, there's a surfboard. The surfboard of your voice, the almighty infinite, rides on the surfboard of your voice. When you employ consciously your breath to the voice, the infinite wants to be on that wave when it comes in. And when it comes in, it always touches people. Because it's infinite. It's infinite. Maybe it's a good time to, to ask, what is the divine infinite? What, because we, we, we've spoken around it quite a few times, and I, I know you have a really deep meditation practice. And so for, for any listeners who might not be kind of familiar with the, like concepts, like spiritual concepts, and um, well, not, not so much concepts, but what is the infinite that you're describing? An experience held within the body and being addressed and allowed to use the body. And it can't do that when you are in the way. When you are with your concepts, like I said to you, I'll blow your question apart. Concepts of, it's the heart, it's the soul, it's this, it's, it's that, it's the gong, it's this, it's that, whatever you want to say it is. It's none of those things. The infinite doesn't have any title. It is what it is. It is the is. It is, the infinite was, is, and will be. That's the infinite. It's going to be here when the sun came up when we were born, didn't it? The sun will be there when we die, won't it? Right. So that's the infinite. The game it's playing, I told you it put a show on, didn't I? Every day it puts the sun up in the sky and there's the land there. And it's prepared to do that for all your life while you're alive. And after you've gone, it's prepared to do that for the whole of humanity, for the rest of its life. That's what it's prepared to do. That's infinite. Never-ending means, all infinite means, never-ending giving, never-ending presence of something, of something. And that something is hidden inside your body. And it's actually planted it in your breath, itself in your breath, and your voice. And it sits there. And if you're quiet enough and you're still enough in your mind, your mind's like, oh, well, 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 and your, you know, your brain is going 100 miles an hour. Look, if you're that type of person that just keeps thinking, keeps going around in circles in your brain, you're not out for a happy time. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care how powerful you are. 
I have very powerful people come and see me, princesses and queens, all sorts of people come and see me, heads of states in, in America, congressmen. I've had all sorts of people come and see me. And every person that comes, and they're very, very wealthy, uh, I can see their mind eats them up for breakfast. It's got nothing to do with what power or money you have in this life or how well you've done. It's got everything to do with the fact that you can appreciate your next moment. Here's the feel. All right, let's put it in this context. <laughs> I love this. This is the one. This is the one that you'll get it all. You'll all get it now. Listen to what I've got to say. And the infinite lives in this. You cannot make sound in the past and you cannot make sound in the future you can only make sound now when sound comes out of your body it's now it's happening so guess what's happening what else is happening in the now immense concentration of focus on your life called the life force keeping you alive. It's breathing you in and out 24-7. It's going, <laughs> you're laying in bed asleep and it's still doing it. You're not plugged into the wall and you're breathing in and out. All right, scientists, you'll be listening to this. Yes, well, that's the blood going around the brain. and that, Okay, you can have your concepts of what you think it might be or based on your scientific information. But the fact is you are breathing in and out. And there are people that don't have a brain that breathe in and out. You know, so you're still breathing in and out. And what's giving you that life force is a thing that is concentrating on you. You think that's a mistake? That it's keeping you alive is a mistake? It's a beautiful, deliberate part of the whole, whole of our existence. You're, you, listening to me now, any of you, are an important cog in the wheel of this existence. I don't care what you say, because you can walk off and go to school or go to work or do this. You will affect everyone you meet. If you're in prison, if you walked into a prison now, the fact that someone else is in that prison cell with you, you've changed their life. You just stand in it. You don't have to say anything. Your presence on earth is powerful. Every one of you out there. So when you understand, hang on, am I powerful then? Yes. Oh, am I? Why? Because you're in a human body and you breathe. That's all you need. That's success. That's the most you can be. That's the most successful thing you've done in your life is to sit there and breathe. There's nothing more successful than that because if you didn't, everything else crumbles. Nothing else is successful. It all goes. So the first point of call in success is the fact you breathe and you are alive now. And guess what brings you closer to that now? When you make sound in your body, and it feels good. I had a lady come and see me the other day, and she was in my session, and she'd been traveling the world, very wealthy lady, created all sorts of amazing things in her life, you know. Uh, I've never met anybody like this, so, but when she stood in my studio and she started to sing, she could not believe it was her making that sound, and it affected her very deeply. 
like nothing else has. And you're talking about a woman who's got empires and built all sorts of things. It's completely jollied her up. It increased her happiness level by at least 30, 40%. It's nuts. And none of us even look at our voice. None of us spend the time to just go inside and feel our sound like we did tonight. You did it with me beautifully. Thank you. You sat and listened and felt your breath. And what do I get out of this? I get out of this one very powerful thing that I know that because I'm surrendered to my next breath and my voice and my sound and who I really am, that what I say is congruent with who I really am and that it feels so good to share this with people. It just feels beautiful and good and wholesome and real. And that, for me, if that can happen and a person feels from that, and I've had thousands of people come to me feel this. It's not like this is something I'm just making up tonight to give to Jess and hope I can sell something to you. <laughs> I'm not here to you, dear. You know, this is not about that. This is about human beings listening to this podcast now. This is about you, who you are, and how you can feel and be more than you are. A better person, a better experience of what you're about. So how much have you worked on the consciousness of your voice? How much have you worked on the consciousness of your breath? How much do you work on the consciousness of your body, which is where Jess comes in, he teaches me that. Well, how can you be more conscious of your body, your life, and the freedom of your own self-expression? How can that become real? Well, there are ways and there's things you can do. And tonight I've just given you a few little tips and nothing, just a few little things. But when you start practicing seriously towards an area in your life. All right, let's just put it this way. Okay, let's just look at this. And we can, we can probably end with this, but here it is. When people, uh, when, when, when you, if you look at it now on the planet Earth, just as, as an example, there's 36 television programs on prime time television in every country in the world. It's 138 countries, how many of them is? And the prime time television programs, it's not on nursing, it's not on uh, uh, agriculture, it's not on solicitors, it's not on agriculture, it's not on anything, it's on singing. In every country in the world, there's an X factor, there's a voice, there's a, America's got talent, Norway's got talent, it doesn't stop, and it's prime time television, Saturday night, when they know everyone will be watching. Why do the powers to be understand that's very powerful? Because they know it affects the social stimuli, they know it affects a human being at home. What affects the human being at home? Sound. I was in Africa. Let me give you this example. I was in Africa and I was going along in the Jeep with my guy on Boto and my guy on Safari. And we were looking around and I saw all these Zulus running. So where are they going? Oh, they're going to their big tent. They have this big thing they go to. 
I said, oh, what, what, tonight? Yeah, every Saturday, go in here. And I went, we drove, I said, can we go in? Yeah, I know the chief, we go in. And we went in, we all had spears, all go, 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 go. they're all standing there. And you walk in, and in the corner, this is black and white television set, with a little arrow on it. And they're all sitting there watching X Factor. <laughs> then they wait for Big Brother to come on. This is, this is like people in jungles. What's going on here? And so this has an effect on every human being, sound, our body, who we are. It's very powerful who we are. And we can be so loving and so delightful and so friendly and so open and so kind. And that can make a big difference to everyone's life. And, and when you do that from within you and you mean business, then there is a beauty you're sharing. You are uplifting the planet. You're helping others. And that's what's incredible. That's why I say at the end of all my talks when I give a seminar, I say this. I'm going to swear, by the way. Be careful. Can I swear on this podcast? Go for it, mate. And what happened was I'd finish a talk and I said, so let me conclude. When you speak, if it's not uplifting, if it's not inspiring or motivating, if it's not educational, if it's not honest, if it's not kind, then please shut the fuck up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, I I agree wholeheartedly, and uh, I think yeah, we'll we'll bring on to the last question because yeah, we're, we're we're going over time. I mean, I, I've got so much more stuff that I want want to ask you as well. Maybe, maybe this is fun. Maybe we, we we do another one. Um, but yeah, to come to the last question, uh, Phoenix Vision is related to creating a transformative vision of health and well-being for the future. So my question is, what does transformation mean to you? And what would you like to transform in the future? Well, a good question. I always put that down to, I say this to all my seminar speakers, uh, a lot of them don't even know this category, but uh, to, to people who get up and talk in front of audiences, there's four types of speakers. There's the information giver, who's just sharing a load of information. And they may show a board as well and point to the information and just waffle the information out. There's the motivational speaker who makes you feel a little bit motivated to listen more and get engrossed with what they're saying because maybe they're going to sell you something at the end. And then you've got someone who's an inspirational speaker who inspires something in you that you want to belong to something more. You want to feel you want to be have this as a part of your existence and you feel comfortable and inspired to do something about that. And then you've got the transformational speaker. And that when they speak, they take you into an experience inside yourself the same one they are having and get you to feel something about 
their message and change you there and then in the moment, transformed. That's a transformational speaker. And they're the best speakers, in my opinion. So going forward, my transformation to me is the ability to change and grow. When you can when you can go beyond your limitation and say, I'm not gonna listen to my mind tell me I'm no good at this, I'm gonna change it now. And when you go in the moment and make a decision in the moment to make a change, this is where transformation can take place. Because what happens, understanding comes. Once you understand something, you've transformed. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Brings to mind growth. Yeah. Growth through understanding. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Doc. That's a really nice note to end on, I reckon. Um, uh, one last thing. Uh, how, like, thank you so much for coming on. How, how can people find out more about Dr. Voice and potentially working with you to help with bringing their voice out and bringing in empowerment to their sound? Um, I've got a website, www.drvoice.tv. Uh, there's a lot of interviews on there. I, I would say watch the testimonials and the interviews on there and you'll get to know a bit more about my work in terms of the singing side. There's not much on there on the speaking side yet, which I'm yet to adjust, but the, it does mention that I do what I call an immersion day where I can take a person for a whole day and transform, take them down the path of transformation where they start feeling a real change to the persona and their direction in life uh, and that's a beautiful day that happens and most people that have an emotion day uh come away with a uh deeper insightful view of their life i think you had one didn't you yeah I've, I've had a couple now and i can really testify to that uh like i said the first immersion day was like it really moved a lot of things for me and we went we went so deep as well um, so deep within myself. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's amazing that you can affect change so quickly and so powerfully through, um, getting someone to connect in such a way. So like the immersion day is incredible. So yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun for me because I, I, I get to see all sorts of walks of life all over the world, very powerful people that come to me from Immersion Day. It's amazing because you'll have someone from Immersion Day who, who you know, who's controlling a, a country who's come to me. And, uh, you know, without mentioning names, and, and it's transformed their view of things and brought them up and made them feel amazing. Uh, and, and then the next minute I've got someone who's on the dole who's got hardly any money, don't know what to do with their lives. And, and you know, and, and I'm the, that part in me that wants to help people comes through and I, I give them an immersion day, you know, just to assist them on their way, you know. And they get the same power that the person at the top got. It's the same experience and they just go 
into the life in a totally different view of their life. And it's, it's beautiful to be able to do that. So I do offer that um, yeah, for people and also just general singing lessons if people want them or voice coaching. Uh, I do a two-hour induction where people can come for two hours and we, uh, we, we measure your voice, see where you're at, see what you're doing, what you're doing wrong, why you can't say this or why you can't be that way or why this is that way and that is this way, whatever. And you get a clear view of what you need to do in order to promote a real change in your persona and your personality. So, uh, yeah, a couple of, quite a lot of things go on there uh, in the two-hour session. And then after that, you want regular top-ups with me, you can do that. It's, it's a funny one because it's like um, I've sort of been trying to row that business out because, you know, stop it because I want to do many other things. But I can't help it. I just love sitting with a person and seeing that change in their eyes and their body and their and their body language and, and what happens to them and, and and the beautiful gratitude that they have to not to me but to their life itself because that's what I mirror to them more and more the infinite in them and they start feeling it and seeing it and they are oh my god this is so lovely because this is what is missing in so many people. Uh, they, 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 we, so many people aimlessly walking around, not even knowing why they're here. And if you put a lot of Aborigines on an aeroplane and they don't know what an aeroplane is, they're going to smash it up and it's going to crash. You know, people in this world that don't even know or have an inkling or a focus on something. It's like, they go crazy and that's why you see hear about people throwing acid in people's faces and stabbings and it's so sad because people don't know what they're doing here so they're going to destroy everything around them then they don't know what's going on what who am i you know so they take drugs and like take this and they're looking for something to stimulate or awaken in them you know so for me uh, i find it hard not to continue this work because of I know lots of people do need it. So from that point of view, I, I think I'm still continuing to practice. You know? mm, yeah, fantastic. I, I think it's really important because um, you get to the root of things and so often the challenges are rooted in, it, it's not surface level stuff, you know, it's it's rooted in much deeper uh, issues that the, the, that the person has maybe with the psychology or some some sort of past trauma which is holding them back or or some i know for for my uh for myself uh, i get i get branded the karaoke joe because with my voice uh i've got the tendency just i want to push it and it is it's interesting because you're able to highlight the the reasons underneath why i feel that i need to push my voice and getting it to relax and pull actually pull back is what actually lets the kind of gold come through so you got this innate ability to be able to spot that. I, I remember when um, <laughs> when you came to uh, came to my gym and um, you're talking to one of one of my staff, and it, within I think two minutes, you nailed down on exactly why his voice and his expression was in the way it was. And I saw the guy go I was like, well, I was white as a sheet because you, you'd be able to see that and just give him on the spot advice for what he could do for it. Mm. It's this, it's this ability, this power, which is um, uh, come through practice and, and 
dedication to your craft, which is so important. It's like everything else. Like a surgeon, you know, a surgeon knows he goes in. I have no idea how to take a brain out and put it back in. Surgeon does. You know, he's been doing it for years and years and understood that this connects to that and this connects to that. Same as you. Why do I have you in my life, Jess? Because your understanding of the body is phenomenal. And you've enlightened me on certain parts of my own physique that I think, what? Is that why I do that? Oh, is that why this? You know, and I get lots of insights. But, but I don't have those insights because I haven't studied it like you have. I haven't put the focus and the insights into it and the understanding into it. or in your case, had hundreds of people in front of you, where it gives you, the, the hundreds of people gives you a great uh, uh, view of how it, it happens. So when you come to me eventually, you've done 100 people already and seen that I'm doing exactly the same, so just do this. So it's a simple decision to make me do something that I think is mammoth, but for you it's a simple thing to offer me. Uh, that's the same with the voice, you know. I've spent 40 years thousands and thousands of larynxes in front of me from pop stars to top speakers all over the world you start to see oh they're doing this oh they're doing that oh don't do that just do this why are you doing this don't do that do this you know so yeah the and it, it seems from a distance oh that's powerful that's incredible no it's not it's just that i've worked on it <laughs> that's been my job <laughs> that's what i go to work for every day mate <laughs> lucky guy it's a great job yeah and oh, just, just, just to see your, your your fire and your passion and your overwhelming love for it is is what really really gets me and and you know it's, it's a it's a joy and a pleasure and a privilege to know you and call you a, a very good friend because you are a beacon of love and you help so many people uh you've helped me and uh and it's a joy to be able to work with you as well Listeners, what you don't understand, or you might understand, if I may say this, as Jess is quoting these things, he's quoting these things because it's actually what he's like. He wouldn't be able to say it if he didn't own it himself. So that's why he's sharing it with me, because he can see it so clearly in me. It's because it's so clear in him. He's a light in the world and doing what he does. So back at you, my friend. <laughs> thank you very much brother all right well I, th I think that's a that's a nice note to leave things on and uh yeah. so, so grateful for your time and your thank you, everyone out there whoever's listening and is bothered to continue to listen i truly hope it's been useful for you that's all if it's been useful that's wonderful if it hasn't it's just been a bit of fun to listen to that's great you know, whatever. If it's just let you forget yourself for a while, just to have a feeling of relaxation and listen to some old guy waffle on about voice, great, whatever. But I hope you've enjoyed yourself in some way, shape, or form and not wasted this time. Amen, brother. Thanks, okay. Jess. Thank Lovely. you so much, Doc. Love you too, mate.